Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. I'm so happy that you're able to join me uh, today for our show. My motivational quote is by Jay Zagorski, and it says, Divorce causes a decrease in wealth that is larger than just splitting a couple's assets in half. Change is hard for most humans, right? That's what this show is about. But the change in one's marital status can be monumental and, of course, painful. So many factors are in play, from kids to money and the emotional distress of losing your partner. It can really be debilitating. How do you know what the correct process is for you if you have chosen divorce? Is there even an affordable way to execute the splitting of assets without losing most of it to the costs associated with the actual divorce? If you're thinking or in the throes of getting a divorce, my guest today, Jan Bate Cato, will help provide some alternatives you may not know exist. Jan is going to discuss the costs and how to possibly save on divorce fees by exploring another option. If an affordable option exists that you may have not heard of before today, you're really in for an eye-opening experience, at least it was for me. Jan is the founder and president of TLC Mediation. Jan has a background as a therapist, financial planner, and divorce mediator, and her background gives her a unique perspective in helping couples navigate the divorce process. She's passionate about helping couples and their families get through this, through every stage, as fairly and efficiently as possible. So, Jan, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Connie. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, this is such an important, just an important topic because the, what the divorce rate, I think, is is over 50%. I think it's like 54%. And it really does cause, of course, emotional distress, but the financial distress. So if there's an alternative that I, I didn't even realize this until you and I had met at a networking event that I think it's just an important topic. And, you know, the show is about change, right, Jen? So talk yes. about life-changing um, divorce, I think, affects us in such a, a debilitating way. So first, can you educate us a little bit? What are the three ways someone could get divorced? And I know you're the specialist in New Jersey, so we'll focus on, div on New Jersey laws. Um, anybody who's outside of the New Jersey area, please look for this solution in your demographic. Perfect. So in New Jersey, there's basically three ways that people can get through the divorce process. What you're trying to achieve in all of these different paths is to come up with the agreements between you about how things are going to be handled, how debt going to be divided or handled, how is, how, what are you going to do with assets, what are you going to do with the marital home, what, what's the parenting time going to be with the children for the two parents. And that getting to that agreement is what takes people all the time and money. So you've heard of people going through divorce, you know, perhaps for years, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's trying to get to that agreement. So there's several ways that you can work with professionals to get to the agreement that may make the process a little less painful. Um, litigation is what most people think of when they're thinking of getting a divorce. They think, okay, let me go hire the biggest, baddest lawyer because I want to win. And in reality, in divorce, there really are no winners. Everybody mm -hmm. walks out with less. 
people have less money and less time with their children. There's really no, no way around that. Um, so, but anyway, that happens. People go out and they and they hire the you know most well-known attorney for um, litigation, and then the other person hires their litigation attorney. And what happens then is that the attorneys are trying to uh, represent each side in coming to the terms of the agreement and the divorce. Um, this can be very expensive as you're paying, each of you are paying an hourly rate to an attorney. Uh, hourly rates for litigation attorneys can be 400 to $500 an hour. So you can imagine, you know, even a four-way meeting with the two parties and their two attorneys easily getting above $1,000 quickly. Wow. wow. Um, so that's what that's probably the most commonly thought of way to get divorced in New Jersey. Um, there is another me method which is called collaborative divorce. In this setting, you each do still hire an attorney, but you're hiring an attorney that is collaboratively trained, and you are signing a document that says that you will sit together with your attorneys and you will come up with the terms of your agreement. It's not going to go to trial. A judge is not going to decide the case. Uh, in you, you're signing an agreement that you will work together to come up with all of the agreement. This is this is a more private way to get things done than litigation, and it can be faster. Um, it depends on the parties. Um, many times in collaborative, attorneys and parties are bringing in specialists, uh, mental health professionals, financial professionals to help pull together data, to help um, with the parenting plan. Um, but the, the idea is that you are working together to come up with the plan. If the parties for some reason get to a point where they can't agree. There's some area that they just cannot agree on and they decide that they want to go now get the courts involved. The collaborative process ends and they have to find all new people. So they can't use any of the attorneys that they used in collaborative. They can't use any of the therapists or financial professionals that were used. They have to start all over um, from scratch to get now involved in the litigation process. So if you're considering collaborative, you want to really you know, deep down know that you're going to settle your case because you don't want to have to pay all that money and spend all that time to try to settle the case and then have it fall apart and then end up in litigation anyway. Wow. The third way well, is... Both, but, but Jen, let me just comment. Both ways, to me, sounds like it would be extremely expensive. Um, collaborative, absolutely a little cheaper, <clears throat> again, if we can agree. But wow, I had no idea of the cost of divorce. Okay, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just, I don't know if people out there are shocked. I'm shocked. So go ahead. Okay. So in, in mediation, the couples choose one person, the trained mediator, who is acting as a neutral facilitator to help the two of them come to the terms of their agreement. So I meet with the couple together in, in, in the conference room, and we're going through all of the areas that need to be discussed. Parenting time, the marital home, bank accounts, retirement accounts, pension plans, all of that. We're, we're going through all of these areas, and I'm facilitating the two of them having a conversation with each other to try to come up with the terms that they can both live with. Uh, there's no winners, but 
if they can come up with an agreement that works for the two of them, um, then at that point, at the end of the process, when, and it's, when it's all decided, I draw up what's called the Memorandum of Understanding, which is re regular people language that describes what they've agreed to. I am not an attorney, so at this point, I highly urge them each to have a review with an attorney that is representing each of them so that, you know, an attorney who is representing them might highlight for them that some of the things they've agreed on might be different if it was in litigation. They might, you know, suggest that something they've agreed to is something the attorney doesn't think is a good idea for them. And, you know, they have an opportunity to look at it from from the eyes of somebody who's representing them rather as a neutral. Sometimes after that, they do come back to the mediation table. They've, something that the attorney said has made them, you know, think more about what, what one of the agreements that they previously had agreed to and they want to discuss it further and sometimes there are slight changes. Sometimes attorneys will make some recommendations in language or just want something added to one of the categories and as long as everybody's, the parties are in agreement, the MOU will be updated and then at that point, um, well, let me just say that, so in that process, you're paying one person an hourly rate, and how, how you're going to pay is determined in the first meeting. So if you're in agreement that you're each going to pay half of the meeting costs, that's fine. If you're paying from a marital, joint marital fund, that's fine. That's determined at the beginning, but you're paying one person their hourly rate. Uh, the way I operate, I have them pay me as they go, so there is no upfront retainer. They're just paying me for the meeting time and whenever there is a paperwork fee, which is described and agreed to up front. What's Once the frequency? The, can, can I ask you, I, I don't mean to interrupt you again, but sure. what's the frequency? <clears throat> so we come up with this uh, agreement. I take it to my attorney. My, my husband goes to his attorney. They review it. What is the percentage that it go, comes back to you like, yep, we're good to go, versus, nope, we got to make some changes? What, do you know what the percentage is? I don't, you may not be able to answer that. I'm just curious. I don't have a percentage, but I would say that most of the time it's small things. And, and the thing, when they, in mediation process, if they've agreed to something that I know attorney is going to have an issue with, mm -hmm. I'll bring that up and say, look, you know, for example, you, you're entitled to alimony. This is about how much alimony you could possibly get over the next, you know, number of years. And you're saying you're going to waive alimony that you don't want it. And I, I'm, I will encourage them and coach them to talk to an attorney because the attorney is going to tell them that they don't feel like it's a good idea for them to waive alimony and that they need to, you know, be if really think it over and be sure that that's what they want and to be able to explain to the attorney that's representing them why they've agreed to that and why they want to do that. Um, they, they could possibly, you know, come back with their uh, changed mind or they might still stay firm with what they want. If the attorney feels really strongly about it, the attorney may have them sign a letter that says that the attorney, you know, highly urged them to have alimony and that they waived it because the attorney doesn't want to get sued later, five years sure. later, if the person feels like, oh, wow, I really, I really should have taken the alimony. This is, this is really difficult for me financially. So, so that's you, really, you, you really anticipate all of the items that an attorney would say, hmm, think you better think about that one. So you really do try, you've been doing this long enough that you think about the fairness of the situation and what an attorney is going to put a red flag on. 
Yeah, I've been working on the divorce population for a long time um, as a financial advisor, a certified divorce financial analyst, and a, and a trained therapist. I'm not a practicing therapist at the time, but I've had a lot of experience in the divorce arena, and I see what happens to people post-divorce with agreements that aren't detailed enough or have yeah. missed an area. Um, so I am not a lawyer, and I could never, ever determine how something would go in court, but I've seen enough hundreds and hundreds of divorce cases to, to you know, kind of have an idea that people are not going to be happy about certain things. But here's where I think mediation is also very unique. Everybody's family is completely different. Everybody's family schedule is different than the person's schedule who lives next door. And in mediation, you can really come up with creative ideas that works for your family that may not work for any other family that's getting divorced, but it works mm-hmm. for you. You know, if you have a parent who works nights and a parent who works days and they've always operated that way um, in the marriage and it works for their family, they can be creative about how they're going to handle the children with their work schedules. And um, people can come up with anything that works for them. If they're in agreement, that can be their divorce. A lot of, I think a lot of people don't realize that, but that's, I think that's a real benefit of working in mediation, that you know, they can be creative, they're negotiating with each other, and it also gives them wonderful skills for post-divorce when you know, they're going to be co-parenting children for potentially many, many more years. Absolutely. So it really helps with the communication process as well. Is there, and again, I don't, this might be an odd question, but what type of people um, or couples does this typically work for and maybe not work for? The ones, the the folks that you see, I would think that they have a similar disposition or um, approach with the whole divorce. Is, Is that True. Well, I think every everyone that's considering divorce should start with mediation first. You know, go go together, meet with a trained mediator, pay their hourly rate just to understand what the divorce process is because there are a lot of misconceptions and and confusion about how to get divorced in New Jersey. So go together and meet with the person. If you like the person, you feel like you can work with them, go ahead and try the mediation. It's going to be the fastest, least expensive, most private way to get it done. If it doesn't work, and I think that's what you're indicating is when are the times when it doesn't work, it's when one party maybe really doesn't want to get divorced. You know, they're mm. feeling like they their spouse is really is really done with the marriage, but they're not, and they'll cancel appointments or they won't pull together the data that's needed because they just really don't want to get divorced. Other times, um, people don't want to be transparent about the information. So in the process, I'm collecting a lot of financial data and, you know, giving them lists of what I need, statements and documents that I need. And sometimes one party um, is not being transparent and not bringing those documents forward. Mm. Well, you really can't proceed with the mediation without the data. So it's, you know, the reasons why it doesn't work is usually because of somebody's emotions, um, you know, feeling hurt. Um, feeling betrayed, angry, um, not understanding the divorce process, and and kind of playing games a bit. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's a life changing. It's a sad life changing reality that that we see so frequently out there. You know, so we're going to go to break, but I just want to do a quick 
uh, synopsis. So the, really the biggest advantage of divorce mediation is, of course, money, but time. It's more personal because you're actually able to communicate with your partner. And I think beyond the finances, you want to make it as, I would think, as least or as um, uh, minimal impact to the kids as possible. And I, I love what you said that it really teaches you how to communicate post-divorce because you're going through this whole negotiation process um, together with that one mediator in hand. So did I, did I do a good synopsis or would you add anything to that from the advantages of divorce mediation? You did an excellent job. Okay, cool. All right, let's take a real quick break. Um, then when we come back, I want to kind of jump into the myths of divorce mediation because I'm sure you've heard them all, and I think that can add some clarity for folks thinking about divorce and alternate methods than just going through the whole litigation uh, process. Okay, quick break. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, trainings, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. We are back. We are speaking with Jen Bate Cato, and we're talking about divorce mediation as an alternative to the traditional litigation, um, you know, form. So what, what are typical myths? I know you must hear so many about divorce mediation. Sure. So probably the most common one is that if it's a complicated case, if they have a lot of money, if they have a family business, um, they have children, that, you know, this can't be done in mediation. And that's, that's really not true. So as complicated as the case is, just like in a litigated case, we can bring in experts as well. So, for example, if there's a family business and the parties feel that they need to, you know, get an idea of what, what is the value of the business. Maybe they each own a portion of the business. What's the value of the business? And therefore, what are they going to do with that value in the divorce process? We can bring in a person that can come in and do a business valuation. Mm-hmm. If, you know, the parties both have their own businesses and they are not um, W-2 employees, therefore, it's a little bit hard sometimes to really understand what is the income flow. Um, we can bring an expert in to do a lifestyle analysis to really understand what the actual income is, same as you would in a litigated, litigated case. Um, if there's a lot of turmoil and confusion or special needs among, among children, we can certainly bring in a, a, so, a therapist or some type of parenting expert to sit with them, to help them 
create a parenting plan that works well for their children's ages and developmental levels. So just like in a litigation case when, when lawyers would be bringing in experts, we can bring in experts as well in the mediation process the same way. Um, sometimes people also you know, think that, oh, mediation is only for couples that are really friendly with each other and are just, you know, really getting along great. And, and that's not true because, honestly, every divorce case, there's a lot of pain, a lot of mixed emotions, a lot of fear about what the future is going to hold. And um, I've seen the same couples be completely different from week to week. One week they're able to get a lot done and, and really be focused, and the next week there's a lot of emotion and a lot of you know, strong feelings, and it's, it's harder for them. So every couple is different. Every time they come, it's different. Certain parts of what they're discussing is more difficult for them than others. Um, but certainly any type of case where there's any type of domestic violence, mediation is not going to be the right uh, avenue for them to go because in a, in a domestic violence situation, um, if one party is fearful that if they stick up for themselves that they're going to be hurt um, and therefore they're not going to say what their needs are, um, it's not going to be effective mediation. And if they do speak up and say what their needs are and then they're hurt, you know, violently um, hurt, that, wasn't, that was not a good idea. So the only cases that I really feel strongly can't make it work in mediation is any type of domestic violence situation. They're going to they're gonna need to have separate attorneys and, and um, work it out differently. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. You said from week to week, their response to the whole mediation process conversation, depending on the topic, depending on what happened that week, right? You know, we're emotional beings that your background in therapy, I bet, helps a lot manage that emotional response when they're having a bad day or the topic is, is a difficult one to discuss. It really does. I mean, having the experience of working as a marriage and family therapist as well as a financial planner working jointly with couples. I mean, even when people are happily married and I'm doing a financial plan with them, it can be stressful and emotional, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, money money is not math. It is emotion, and people bring to their relationship feelings and experiences they had as children in their families of origin, and now they're in a household together trying to figure out how to, how to work the money, right? So it's a stressful conversation for people when they're not getting divorced, but when you're in, in a divorce situation and, you know, you're talking about how you're going to retire on half of what you, two of you have saved when most people today are concerned about how they're going to retire at all, mm -hmm. um, Things like that, it's just, you know, it, it can be very, very scary and emotional. Is there any percentage that comes through, and I'm going to, because your experience is in the mediation end of it, that actually think, hmm, maybe we should go back to marriage counseling. Is there a percentage that that happens with? I don't know what the percentage would be, but when I, when I do an in initial intake and I see that there is still love and respect among the parties, I will highly, highly urge them to go back to marriage counseling and see if they can make it work. Because, you know, if they get divorced with me, they're probably not going to go on to see a marriage counselor. They can always come back to me. So if yeah. they can go to marriage counseling and make it work, 
that's fantastic. You know, they have more time with their children. They have their their money together. Um, they have a chance at having a renewed relationship, and and that's wonderful. So anytime that I see a couple that I really think maybe something, you know, maybe something really difficult happened or something really traumatic happened, and there are some really fantastic marriage counselors out there, and there are also a lot of therapists that say they're marriage counselors that really haven't had marriage counseling training. It's difficult work. And they may have gone to somebody that really wasn't an experienced marriage counselor, and so I might recommend to them, you know, here, would you consider trying another time with one of these three people that I know have the experience and the training in marriage counseling to, to do the job? Um, and sometimes they've gone, and you know what? The ones that have gone, I have not seen come back, which gives wow. me hope that they have are still working it out or have worked it out. And even though that's you know less business for me, that makes me happy. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I want I want I want the best for people. Absolutely, and I I commend you for bringing that to the table to say, hey guys, you know there is a mutual love and respect here. Why don't you give it that you know one last try? And here is a good, you know, capable div- um, a divorce uh, a family therapist. And it's sad because so many people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I have the background. I can do marriage counseling. And really, they might just have, you know, regular, uh, you know, addictive counseling or whatever it is that, that's not marriage-based. So I think that's so important to find the real expert, not just somebody who hangs a shingle, you know, for money. I commend you for that because, yeah, it's less business for you, but at the end of the day, you're really, truly doing the right thing. So especially if there's kids involved, holy smoke. So um, just just great, you know. I love you even more now, Jen. Uh, so I, <laughs> I just I have, want to mention one other thing, too. Sometimes people are unsure about when they can get a mediator involved. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes people come direct to mediation. Like I said before, I do think that's the best you know, avenue to take, go to, go to mediation first. And if it doesn't work, you can try the other ways. Sure. But sometimes I've been pulled in as a mediator or um a financial neutral to help a couple who's already got two attorneys. Maybe the divorce has been going on for a few years. It's, it's kind of stagnated or stuck in an area. And they may bring me in, either the attorneys or the parties, to say, hey, can you just help us get this one piece resolved because we're having a lot of um, confusion and um, we're kind of stalemated here with this topic. And could we come and sit down with you and see if we can work it out? And I have had success with helping them then, you know, understand something from a financial perspective or, um, you know, whatever it is that they're they're dealing with, and then they're able to go back to the attorneys and say, okay, now we're in agreement about how we want to handle this area. This is what, what we want. So people can bring a mediator in at any time in the divorce sure. process. It doesn't sure. have to be, you know, before lawyers. It can be alongside with lawyers. In fact, I encourage people at any time throughout the mediation, please, you know, get an attorney, have them, you know, have them on the side, let them know what you're discussing in mediations, get some coaching in, uh, from them, understand, you know, understand what you're agreeing to and, and have representation along the way. Um, so it's so, not an all or nothing. So you can no. bring in a mediator at any time you can start with it and shift you could start with attorneys in litigation and you know shift back to divorce mediation so really it's not it's not an all or nothing it could be a combination depending on the complexity and what the situation is absolutely yeah yeah um 
the, you know what I just something popped into my head wouldn't it be cool if any of the attorneys out there are like is she out of her mind after I say this but wouldn't it be really awesome if attorneys had to go through some type of uh, psychology training as far as especially divorce or you know children who want to be vindicated or whatever because and maybe they do you know I'm, I, I don't know I have attorney friends I've never asked them that question but wow to, to be emotionally available like that with a level of knowledge from the psyche I, I would think it would help attorneys as well as clearly it helps you from the mediation standpoint having that therapist background so guys listening that's another thing to think about um, mediators uh, you know all the benefits Jen's you know teaching us is great but also that therapeutic piece of it I think is don't underestimate the value of someone who understands the emotional uh, burden that comes with you know the mediation process or the divorce process what we have like three minutes left so I'm really curious in the first meetings what are typical questions that you hear because I know people right now are in their head are going I wonder about this I wonder about that what are the typical questions that you get maybe give some answers to the listeners Sure. So at pretty much every first meeting, there's a few questions everyone asks. How much is this going to cost? Sure. And, and that really is dependent upon the couple. I've, I've had couples come in who, you know, had already pretty much discussed and agreed upon what they wanted. Um, I've done my due diligence in co- terms of collecting the data, maybe brought up some areas they didn't think about, but they were able to stay on track and get it done in three meetings. Wow. Um, I would say it's probably more common for people to meet six to eight times, eight to ten times, depending on you know how much they're in agreement, depending on how many areas we have to we have to come up with agreements for. Mm. Um, but you know it's it, it's really it's really about them. Um, the timing is really about them. Um, it's also interesting that sometimes people start the process. And then I don't hear from them for six months, and then they'll get back to me and say, "Sorry, we, you know, we had a death in the family, or oh. somebody was ill, or whatever. We're back now. We're ready to go forward." Um, and because I'm a neutral and I'm just there as a facilitator, you know, sometimes I don't know what happened. You know, maybe they decided to get back together, maybe they, maybe they didn't. But then, you know, they'll come back and say, "Oh, this is, this is what happened, and now we're ready to go forward." Um, they. They also want to know, um, yeah, how much time, how much time is, how long is it going to take? How long can, when will we be divorced by? Mm-hmm. And the mediation process itself, I tell them, I'm an empty nester, so it's never me that is the time factor. <laughs> it's you know, <laughs> I'm willing to work with people early morning, nights, every day if they want um, to get it done, but it's not me that's the time factor. Again, it's them collecting the data that I need, or maybe one party not feeling really sure that they want to get divorced and kind of canceling meetings and not being available and not cooperating. Um, so that's that's what can make it it be drag out longer. Um, so what does it cost? How much time? Um, and what happens at the end? So at the end, when the attorneys are involved, I really don't have any um, 
I don't have, I'm, my hands are kind of out of it at that point. So it depends on your attorney's schedule, how long, you know, how long does it take for them to have the, t- the chance to um, review the document, sit down with you, talk to you about it. Do they then come back to me to make changes? Um, and then the end process is pretty much all the same once it's all agreed to. One of the attorneys takes my memorandum of understanding and puts it into the legal document that is signed, which is called the property settlement agreement. Once that's signed, then they can go ahead and file in court, counterfile, and again, I don't have any control over, you know, the, the court's time or, you know, the process at that point. So, you know, I, I can't say for them what that, what that time factor is going to be because it's going to be different depending on time of year and who their lawyer is and what's happening in the courthouse. So the ultimate, the bottom line, really, we're out of time, but the bottom line with divorce mediation, based on everything you said, by the way, tremendous amount of information. Thank you for that. But it's not only time and money. It, it, it's an emotionally, uh, hopefully, easier process because you don't have adversarial uh, two people across the table. This is really, you're across the table and they're almost sitting, my visual is that they're sitting side by side. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a nicer process as well, the emotional tor- torment plus the time and money. So if in, if in question or if in doubt, I hope that this, is, just as an eye-opener because I had no idea. I just want to share, Jen, right? We went, met for lunch um, to just talk about this and what would be a, a good information to share for you guys listening. And uh, friends of mine walked into the restaurant and they happened to be seated right next to us and Jen smiles and says, oh, they're all thinking you're getting divorced, Con. <laughs> because here we're talking about divorce mediation. So it was just kind of a funny experience. And no, my husband and I are not getting divorced uh, for any of my friends that are listening. So Jen, thank you so much. I want to just share with everybody uh, Jen's email address is Jen J-A-N-N at TLC, Tender Loving Care TLC, mediation.com or you could go to her website uh, of course at www.tlcmediation.com Don't worry, I promise as usual I I will post that on the Web Talk Radio platform so you guys can click and go and not have to worry if you're driving with me this morning um, or this afternoon. Also, please, please send me your stories, requests, topics that you'd love me to cover. Email me directly at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. Visit my website to see the various things that I could help you with uh, from a business growth standpoint, um, developing your sales team, etc. My website, www.WhitmanAssos.com. So again, all of that will be posted on the Web Talk Radio platform. Please, please, if you're thinking of divorce, I do hope that you pursue uh, this alternative, again, from the money, time, and the emotional angst that possibly could be saved, especially if there's children involved. I I think that's an important alternative as well. Uh, Jen, thank you again so much. Tremendous amount of information. I I, am very pleased with, and I hope it it did help everybody listening. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely my pleasure. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we embrace change, whatever that means to you, and realize that you've got this. You guys can do this. Thanks again, uh, Jen, for being my awesome guest. Thanks for the insights and hopefully the inspiration for people to look at alternatives, um, not just that post-traditional methods. Um, Thank you all for joining me. You've been listening to Architective Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on Web 
blogtalkradio.net. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful and inspired week, everyone. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me.